Well, what's up, guys? Rick from DFS On Demand here with your DFS preview for this week's Players Championship. Yeah, this is a big one. But before we jump into that, I want to give a couple of shout outs to some winners from last week. Another big week for the community. Some of you guys sent me uh, screenshots or messages or whatever. So I just wanted to shout out a couple of winners from last week. My buddy Dave finished third in the quarter arcade for $200, which is obviously an awesome ROI. Uh, Ole Mick won the Pat Mayo Experience Open, which I was... Uh, Trying to chase him down, I ended up finishing sixth in that contest. Uh, congratulations to you. That's five grand. Uh, Laser Show, another good week, turned 153 into 294. Josiah Blevins uh, had a Hatton outright, a Terrell Hatton outright, $20 in, $1,000 out. Michael Rapole, Rapole, I got to figure out how to say that name because this is two weeks in a row for Michael with outrights because we are killing these. Right now, he turned his $25 into $1,250 on an outright for Hatton. Uh, Brian Cannon used the core cascading method to turn his $60 into $2,700, which is exactly how the core cascading method is supposed to work. If you've never seen this method, I get a lot of questions about it when people uh, tweet me and say, oh, I used the core cascading. It was awesome. I get a lot of questions about it. I will link that video in the description and right here so you can go watch that video. It's the best way for me to describe it to you. But the big winner of the week, Four Sons, a single bullet that included uh, Bryson, Hatton, I think it had Sung Jay in it. It was actually a five of six. It had Matthew Neesmith in it. So that tells you how good this lineup was with the five that got through because this single bullet turned $381 into a hair over 30 thousand dollars yeah how sick is that includes winning the 200 dollar single entry for 25 grand so uh shout out there it was an awesome looking lineup congratulations to everyone and then as far as the drawing goes so i drew two names one from youtube and one from uh my audio podcast to get a week subscription to dfs on demand that's my website uh, the winners there are Michael Olson and at Nectonic. I've reached out to both of you. Uh, I'll get you set up with a week to my site. And if you would like to enter a drawing where you can win a week to DFS On Demand, all the tools that you always see in these videos, here's how you do it. Two ways. If you are on YouTube, make sure that you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Like this video and leave a comment below with which golfer will hit the most balls in the water this week. Yeah, a little fun one here. Uh, if you are on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you can leave a podcast review, go ahead and do so. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and then leave me a way to get in touch with you, preferably your Twitter handle. Uh, that's the easier one to win, so I highly encourage you to go leave the audio review. All right, Players Championship. It is a big one. Massive contest on DraftKings. New contest on DraftKings. Let's jump into it. All right, let's start on the course key stats sheet like we always do. We haven't always done it, but we do now. And TPC Sawgrass. I don't think I have to describe this course to you. If you've ever watched golf, you've seen it. If you've ever played a golf video game, you've seen it. You are very, very familiar with the... Par 3, 17th Island Green. Uh, so this should not be a course I have to describe to you in great detail, but it's been the host of this event since, I believe, 1982. So we have really good course history and a couple of things to really remember. Um, and what we generally see out of this Florida swing is 
you are one shot away or two shots away from posting a really big number, especially when the wind starts to kick, right? We've seen the wind kick at Honda. We've seen the wind kick at the Arnold Palmer. You are always, you know, one bad swing away from making a big number. And it's the same here at Sawgrass. So you really do have to be exact. There are situations where you can hit your ball uh, in the water. Uh, I don't know if it's off the tee necessarily, but there's probably, there's a few holes like that. And then also a lot of approach shots where water comes into play. Almost all of the par threes, obviously the island green, which is a relatively easy shot outside of that water, but you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see big numbers out there. So with that being said, weeks like this, I generally pass on chalk more than often. So if someone's super popular, um, you know, it is it is with a more volatile potential result. It is you know probably a better game theory method to fade some of the chalkier guys. But let's look at what the actual uh, you know, course correlation model that I put together says here. And the number one stat or the uh, most important stat, at least in terms of how I do this, would be strokes gained off the tee. Uh, it ranks 11th. So the way to read that is there are only 10 other courses on the PGA Tour where strokes gained off the tee is more important. That's the way to read that. Then really, the rest of the stats are basically average stats. Uh, birdie or better is next, but that's 21st out of 50. Strokes gained around the green, 21st out of 50. Then you go down to the last one, strokes gained putting, 34th out of 50. Still generally a pretty average stat. So we are looking for uh, strokes gained off the tee. We are looking for guys that can make a lot of birdies since that helps in draft king's scoring. And generally just you know who's playing well, who has good course history, all that good stuff. Because you're going to see... There's guys in this field who have played here 10, 15, literally 20 times. I think uh, uh, Sergio Garcia has played here like 20. This will be like his 21st trip, I believe. Um, let's go to the let's just sort by strokes gained off the tee while we're here. And speak of the devil, Sergio Garcia shows up. So he's $8,000. He probably doesn't have as many rounds as everybody else in the strokes gained off the tee department, but leads the field in strokes gained off the tee, followed by Cam Smith at 6,900, Bryson DeChambeau at 9,100, who we will talk about uh, next. Uh, Johnny Vegas at 63, he played well here last year, and then John Rahm and, and Roy McIlroy at 11,000 and 11,700 round out the strokes gained off the tee stud. So um, let's pop on over to the cheat sheet and see what we've got going on over there. All right, there are six golfers priced over $10,000, but one of them is Tiger Woods at $10,400, and he will not be playing this week. So please do not put Tiger Woods in your lineups. Uh, Rory McIlroy at $11,700. I, I don't know what we really need to say about Rory at this point. Uh, I know there is the idea that um, you know a couple of his top five finish finishes recently have been disappointments. The fact that he was you know six under after round one at the Arnold Palmer and he finished fifth. Uh, I get it. Didn't play all that well on Sunday, uh, but he is still, even at his worst, piling up top five finishes all over the world. He's your defending champion here. He is by far the best player in the world. Um, not particularly close. It is very soft pricing, so I believe you are going to be able to get as much of any golfer up here at the top as you would like. Um, you will not hear me say a bad word about Rory this week. John Rahm, 11,000. Uh, Rom probably should have won this event last year. Uh, remember he was on, I want to say 11. Um, and he just watched Tommy Fleetwood dunk his ball in the water 11 on Sunday. He had a one shot lead, I believe. 
And his caddy's begging him to not go for the green and try to hit it over the water. He proceeds to overrule his caddy. He dunks it in the water. He never comes back. He finishes 12th. Um, you know, if if Rory McIlroy is the hottest player on the planet, John Rom cannot be far behind that. So if you're looking for just the $700 discount, no problem. Uh, Justin Thomas again. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on what are really just the best players in the world. And there's a clear three. It's Rory, it's Rom, it's Justin Thomas. You get as much of them as possible. If you need to split hairs, um, you know, I'd probably rank them. I mean, all things considered, Rory and then JT because he's the cheapest and then probably John Rom at 11. But again, I think you're splitting hairs. I will not say a bad word about either any of them and you will not hear me, you know, destroy you for putting them in your lineup or anything of the sort. Now, below that, so the the Brooks, uh, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantlay, uh, even down to Adam Scott and Xander Shoffley, uh, these guys will probably decide who wins all the money, uh, good or bad, right? Because I think they are going to be the, the, the lowest owned portion of this player pool. Because what, what a lot of people will opt to do is they'll opt to go get one of the big three, and then they will jump down to probably Webb or Bryson at 92 or 91. And quite frankly, I will probably be guilty of that. And then I know it, but if I do that, so if I go the route of the big three and then Bryson or Webb, um, I would I would then differentiate myself with my other four golfers in my lineup and I would kind of go off the board there. Uh, if you just want to be slightly different, I think playing any of Kepka, DJ, Cantlay, Adam Scott, Xander is probably the way to do it. Um, Xander, you know, I, I, I talked a lot about him last week. I still feel the same way about him. He's playing about as poorly as you could ask, and he's got four straight top 25s. Um, if we pull up his, his uh, golfer profile here, and if I spell his name correctly, that would probably help. So we pull this up. You can see, um, you know, three of his last four events, he's been pretty bad putting. Now, he did gain nearly 5.7 strokes putting last week at the Arnold Palmer, and it was the rest of the game that didn't work. Now, um, really tough conditions out there, obviously. Uh, the fact that he was able to roll in some putts, I'm hoping that is just, you know, a little confidence boost moving forward. But really, any one of these guys... Um, even like Patrick Cantlay, you know, we have not seen Patrick Cantlay since the Genesis Invitational. And as of right now, he is still in this field. I, I double checked this. He's still in the field because he had surgery, um, to fix his deviated septum. I have no idea what the recovery is. I have no idea if he's been practicing, but he is a world-class player who we, who was playing well, fourth at the tournament of champions, 11th at Pebble, 17th at the Genesis. And we just haven't seen him since he could be playing. He could be practicing all over the place playing awesome, but I'm not sure anybody's going to play him in their DraftKings lineups because we haven't seen him. So uh, this area right here to me is by far the most leverageable uh, tier or pricing range on this slate. And I'm not sure it's all that close. Um, the next two. So this this Webb and Bryson, 9,200, 9,100. I kind of mentioned it. These two are going to be uber chalk, and they probably should be. I I stand Webb Simpson. I love him. I love the way he plays. Um, this is obviously a great fit for him. He won this two years ago. He finished 16th three years ago. He finished 16th again last year. He's having a, another great year this year. Uh, one at, at, at Waste Management. Like, I love everything about Webb in this spot. No problem. And then Bryson. Oh, man. Bryson is so good right now. So let me um, 
Let me see if I can pull up Bryson's latest rounds here. Uh, I I talked a lot about Bryson last week as being kind of a a ten or a, um, a fourteen hundred dollar discount off of Roy McIlroy at the top, and look at Bryson this year. So since basically he bulked up and he said I'm going to be bigger, I'm going to hit the ball further. He has not lost strokes gained strokes in his wow. That was tough to say. He has not lost strokes off the tee in any round this year. Okay, so go back to waste management, which was the end of January, and he's rattled off basically, what, 16 straight rounds of gaining off the tee. It's unbelievable. Um, Also, he gained over two strokes in three different rounds last week. I tweeted this out, but to put that into perspective, so now every other player this calendar or or this calendar year, every other golfer, no golfer has more than than uh, two rounds. Bryson did it three times in one week. It's kind of crazy, like how like we're talking Roy, we're talking DJ, we're talking Rom, we're talking elite off the tee guys. Uh, Bryson kind of putting them all to shame right now, and we know that's going to be a critically important stat. So when we flip back to Bryson. And you look at, you know, his history here, 37th in 2018, 20th in 2019, uh, three straight top five finishes. Like, he should be probably one of the most owned golfers here, and I fully expect him uh, to be when Thursday lock happens. So when you get down below those guys, um, I think here is where you really start to see like how soft the pricing is and I understand it right it's the players championship everyone's here so they can't all be priced you know over nine thousand dollars I get that but when you start talking about you know a Sung J M at 8600 and and this is one of the rare situations where uh you know a handful of times a year the the DraftKings pricing comes out before the previous tournament is finished which is what happened for the players championship this pricing came out Saturday I want to say Saturday of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So these guys have been locked into these prices. Now, Sung Jae was coming off his win at the Honda. Um, you know, I don't know what went all what all went into his pricing, but he then finishes third at the Arnold Palmer, and now everyone's like, "Oh my God!" So this guy's got a win and a third on this uh, on this Florida swing so far. Let me just fire him up here at at the players as well. So there are some guys that get even chalkier because of their performances at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So we'll talk about some of them. Um, but yeah, Sung, Sung Jae's here at 86. Uh, Patrick Reed, who, you know, honestly didn't play all that well, still finished 15th at the Arnold Palmer. He hasn't had a ton of, of great success here at the players, but he's certainly someone who's available to you at 8,500. If you're willing to go back to Jason Day and, and risk the back injury, uh, you know, more power to you. He withdrew last week. Um, so now he's got a WD, and then he missed the cut at the Genesis. So obviously uh, two very poor starts for him. He's going to be like you know 3% owned maybe, uh, something like that. Then you get to the bottom of the eights. Um, I probably won't get too frisky with, with Louis or Sergio, but I, I like them. You know, Louis... Missed the cut at the Honda, uh, 51st at the WGC, which is a no-cut event. There's only 72 golfers there. That's obviously not great. But outside of that, like before those two starts, uh, excuse me, not Rory, Louie was rattling off top fives all over the world. And the fact that he has his classic second-place finish here at the Players in 2017, like, I don't know. I'll probably consider Louie a bit, and I'll also consider Sergio. You saw that he was... 
one of the leaders, or he was the leader in the field in strokes gained off the tee this year. A uh, little bit of a small sample size, but you know he's played here, I think, literally uh, 20 times. Um, going back, I think he's got one win and like six top tens or something like that in, in his, this will be now be his 21st trip. Chalk. Uh, Morikawa, 7,900, will be uber chalk. Um, ninth place finish at the API. The guy, he's making his debut here, but leads the tour in, in Eagles, which is unbelievable. This kid's so good. Um, ben on, let me show you a cool stat here about Benny on. And I tweeted this out, but um, let me show you Ben on's putting. Because it is about as ugly as it gets. And you guys know me. I love, 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 love the great ball strikers and the poor putters. That stuff just, boom, that wakes me up in the morning, okay? Um, <laughs> ben on takes it a little far for me, okay? Um, so good tee to green, okay? The Arnold Palmer Invitational gained another 7.7 strokes tee to green, which would have put him, let's see where that would have put him. 7.7 strokes tee to green would have put him like 10th in this field. So every other guy, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So ninth in this field. Eight guys ahead of him in strokes gained tee to green. None of them finished worse than 15th. Scotty Scheffler finished 15th. Uh, the rest of these are like your winner, your top five guys, your top 10 guys. Every single one of them. And then Benny on finishes 56th because he lost. This is unbelievable. He lost nine strokes putting. Um, it's really bad. It's really bad. So if you go, I, I, I tweeted this out, but if you go into my database, um, I have like 17,000 tournaments measured, you know, recorded tournaments with strokes gained, you know, for individual players. Uh, that performance, losing nine strokes putting is like the 17th worst performance out of 17,000. And that goes back like four years. Um, Benny on also has the 15th worst putting performance. So he's the only guy with two of the most historic, historically bad putting putting performances in my database. So this really, um, this really tests me. It really, really tests me because it, you, I still firmly believe. And I, I mean, this facts say he is by far an elite tee to green player. And that putting stuff is just so bad. That like, even if he has a good week, what's a good week for Ben on? Is it, is it losing four strokes putting? Like it's kind of crazy at this point. So I don't know what I'm going to do with him. I'm going to wait and see. I think he's, I think he has now officially burned, uh, you know, the rest of his supporters, <laughs> uh, or people that were backing him. So I'm going to wait and see on Ben on he's 7,800, a 30th, two years ago, 26th last year. So he's made two cuts, um, Love the profile of the guy, but, like, really, really hard to stomach. I think it's hilarious that Matt Kuchar is uh, $7,800 because, like, every major or every big contest where the pricing is soft, Matt Kuchar is almost exactly $7,800. It's kind of remarkable. Uh, but he's your 20, I want to say 2012 champion. 2012? Does that sound right? Hold on, I can look this up. Yeah, he won it in 2012. So, uh, obviously, probably some good vibes around here. Uh, Jordan Spieth at 77, no thanks. I mean, here's here's Spieth, who um, not only do we know how bad he's been, you know, the ninth place at Pebble required um, a historic around the green and a historic putting week. Uh, outside of that, he's been really bad. Um, he's missed four of his last five cuts here. I think his best finish here was in 2014, which was his debut. 
I want to say he top 10 it, but then he's now missed four of the last five cuts there and finished 41st in 2018. So uh, not playing well and not great recently is probably not a good combination, especially for a guy who is going to need to, um, you know, play well off the tee, which is not necessarily the game that I think I, I, I want Spieth to play. Uh, Leishman at 76. Uh, Scotty Scheffler at 75. All good with that. Terrell Hatton at 74. Hey, you want to go back to Terrell Hatton? Sixth and a first coming back from the wrist surgery. So now in his, he, in three of his last four worldwide starts, um, two before the wrist surgery, two after, he's got two wins and a sixth. And they are the Turkish Airlines Open. That's a big that's a big event on the European tour. He wins the API, obviously a big event over here. Sixth in WGC Mexico, obviously a big event. So uh, absolutely playing like a stud right now. Uh, not great history here at the players, but he will look to break that this week. Uh, Bubba Watson um, probably won't be playing Bubba. So after that, we talk about how streaky Bubba is. So he goes sixth and third at Farmers and Pebble. Or I'm sorry, Farmers and Waste Management. Misses the cut at Genesis. 18th at the WGC. And then look what he did at the Arnold Palmer. And uh, actually, I might, have to, I might have to show you this a different way. But whoops. Let's try Bubba. Bubba lost seven and a half strokes on approach on the week. Um, but I think all of that was like in one round. Let me see if I can do this. I'll go to the live leaderboard. I think it was the second round. Sort by, yeah. Okay, Bubba loses 7.2 strokes on approach, approach, excuse me, in his fi- in his his final round last week, his second round, missed the cut. Um, that is one of the worst strokes gained approach uh, days or rounds in my database. Uh, Justin Ray replied to a tweet that I had. I believe he said it was the worst or like one of the three worst strokes gained approach days at Bay Hill in like 15 years. So um, that is generally not a stat that I want. Like, like strokes gain approach is pretty sticky. I will probably be avoiding Bubba. I avoid him a lot anyway. I didn't really need a reason to, but that is a pretty good reason to. A lot of the usual suspects down here in the bottom of the sevens, um, you know, guys that are just fine, not too excited about, you know, Lonto Griffin again. Um, you know, he's over $7,000 this week, but 7,100, you know, will be making his debut at the players, but we now have a 36th place finish at the Arnold Palmer Invitational when he was like $6,800. He continues to outperform his price tag, uh, makes a lot of cuts, has top 10 upside. If I ever get stuck down here and I've got like one guy left and I, and I don't have any money and I got, I have to spend it on someone. I usually lean towards Lonto because he's been, uh, so so safe and so consistent over the course of the last, I don't know, start of the year. So start of the start of the PGA Tour year, which would have been in October. Then you get under seven thousand. Now where things start to get um, even more interesting, right? Because you've got guys like the Gooch, Taylor Gooch here at sixty nine hundred, who now has at least just on my cheat sheet one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cuts made in a row. Two of them are top 15s, including a 13th last week. Interesting. Christian Bezoidenhut, I believe is how we pronounce that. $6,800. 18th at the Arnold Palmer, but he was on the first page of the leaderboard a lot more often than that actually kind of indicates. So uh, probably played better. Uh, one recently on the wasn't the European tour. It was the, 
African tour, something like that. Anyway, this guy's like the 49th ranked player in the world. He's a good player. He's 6,800 bucks. We just don't know a lot about him over here on the, on the, uh, in North America, so to speak. And then if you want chalk, you're going to get chalk, uh, down here at 66, you've got Joel Damon and you've got, uh, Max Homa. So Max Homa continues this really good run where I, I think I said last week, we're going to find out what Max Homa is, whether he was just on a four week heater earlier in the year, or if he is actually a very solid player. And it <laughs> might indicate that he is actually a very solid player. 24th at the API. Now, a lot of that was, and I don't take, this is not a knock that the truth is he shot a, was it Saturday or Sunday? He was like, he shot, he was four under, he went out early on Sunday, I think. No, that can't be right. I think it had to be on Saturday. Four under, gave two back on 18. Now I got to look this up. Okay, it was his third round. I knew it couldn't have been his final round. So his third round, um, you know, everybody's getting killed. The The scoring average is like four over par. He goes out early, gets to four under, uh, gives two back on 18. So he shoots still two under par. I believe it's the only subpar round of the day. Um you know, I touched the touch the first page of the leaderboard, ends up finishing twenty-fourth. All in all, still a very good week. And then Joel Damon, who <laughs> you know, at sixty six hundred dollars for a guy who who now his last three starts are fifth, fifth, fourth, uh, a twelfth at the Sony, and then the only time he's played the players championship was last year and he finished twelfth. That is uh, a recipe for about as chalky as it gets. So if you want to pivot off of either one of those guys. Not necessarily sure I encourage it, but uh, I had a lot of Patrick Rogers last week, and it was it was great at times. It was disappointing at times. His Sunday was terrible. His Saturday was awesome. Um, actually kind of gave back a lot of it on Saturday. But if you look at his last four results, 30th, 35th, uh, 21st, and 24th, those are good results for Patrick Rogers, who's 6,500. Uh, finished 9th at the Farmers, finished 16th at the Waste Management. If he even just makes the cut, uh, finishes top 40, he's probably paying himself off. The bad news is he's been absolutely brutal here at Sawgrass. He's got three missed cuts in a 77th, so um, you'd be going against course, course history there. Uh, and then finally, I mean, I don't know who else. You know, our buddy Sun Kang, ninth at the API, second at the Genesis. That's his two, two of his last three starts. And then I actually thought... Um, where is he? Uh, the min price, Zach Johnson is the dead min. Uh, obviously a lot of experience around Sawgrass made two cuts in a row, finished 67th at the Honda, made the cut there, got better 32nd at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's the dead men. Like I'd rather play him over Shugo Imahara, right? Like that's just a little bit interesting. I don't know how much I'll get of him. Uh, Jason Duffner has been playing better recently. 27th at the Honda. We didn't see him at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, fifth place finish here in 2018. So, like, if you're trying to go really, really low and you're trying to get, uh, I don't know, max exposure to some of the guys at the top and you want to pay for the min, Zach Johnson, not bad. I like Adam Long. I like Jason Duffner. Those are probably the places that I would go. And then finally, uh, let me pull this up real quick. So there is a new contest format on DraftKings, and it's the tiers. So if you've seen the tiers for other sports, you know what this is. Um, there's no salary cap. And there are six tiers, and you have to pick one golfer from each one of these tiers. So, for example, tier one is Rory, John Rahm, or Justin Thomas. You can only get one of them. Tier two is Cantlay, Adam Scott, Dustin Johnson, Xander, Shoffley, Brooks, Kepka. Again, you can only get one. 
all the way to tier six where it expands and there's actually eight golfers that you can pick from. So uh, you've got to make a six a six man fantasy lineup. I, you know, I don't claim to be a, a, an expert in anything, but I'm certainly no expert in tiers. But to me, this is so much of, of, of a game theory situation because like, okay, the, the margins, I don't think the people, people realize the margins between a lot of these golfers is so slim, right? So like when you go to tier two, yeah, you've got Brooks in here who's been playing poorly. Um, Cantlay who hasn't really played Adam Scott, who's kind of been all over the place, DJ kind of all over the place. And then Xander, like no one's going to pick Brooks. Um, probably people won't pick Cantlay, right? Like Xander's probably going to be the guy who comes out of this, out of this, uh, tier quite a bit. So, like, if you pick any of these other guys, like, is it completely out of the realm of possibility that Dustin Johnson is the highest scorer in this tier? Like, absolutely not. So, I, I would probably probably just kind of, like, really game theory this up and try to find, like, not, the, you know, don't play the chalkiest guy out of each one of these tiers. Or if you do, make sure that you go and kind of differentiate somewhere else. Like, Bryson. Okay, the fact that Bryson and Webb are both in tier four is kind of interesting because they're both going to suck up so much of the ownership. I imagine um, that it'll leave Fowler day Kucher, Louie and Patrick Reed uh, kind of out in the cold. So uh, I don't know if I have a general strategy here. I just want to point this out that this exists. So if you want to play it, good luck. Um, and it should be a lot of fun. I'll know. I'll get some lineups in there. So that'll do it. DFS preview for this week's players championship. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. I will talk to you guys soon. Best of luck this week.